0: I'm Kathy Davidson, and welcome to our women's meeting. No, I don't have a fancy name for the women's meeting. We are as a group of women here that are endeavoring to walk in the kingdom of God, and some men too, that listen in. But we are endeavoring to walk in the kingdom of God, in the power of God, what Jesus promised us when he was here, when he died, when he was buried and rose again. And let's open with prayer. My heavenly Father. My heavenly Father, my heavenly Father, open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Father, turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. And my Heavenly Father, grant a spirit of grace on this meeting. Grant a spirit of grace on this meeting. I ask this in Jesus' name. Interesting message today, one that we've all heard over and over. But we are going to look at what Jesus bought. We're doing that series, what Jesus bought for us on the cross. And he bought a lot. And today we're going to look at he bought your healing. He bought your healing. He paid for it. He paid for it. And you know, I believe the Father wants me to begin. There are a lot of people that are listening to me now that have never listened to me before. And I've shared this testimony before, but this fits right here. And it's coming up in my heart, and I believe it's right to put here. When I was in, it was 1987, moved into a little house in Frisco, Texas. And my daughter was about two years old, a little bit more than two, and we, um, she, we moved into the house, and she had her own bedroom, and we had a little boy in January, and she ended up with an earache again, again. This was I don't know the fourth or fifth earache she had gotten, and I see a lot of that in Texas. I don't know if it's still there now. She's a grown woman. But back then, there were a lot of children with ear infections in this area. And I knew we had done this before. I'd taken her to the doctor. And we knew the, 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 what you had to do when they had an earache. And you had to call the doctor. You had to make an appointment. Doctor would go in. He'd take a look at her ear. And he'd say, yep, that's an ear infection. And then he'd give you some, um, what did they call that? <clears throat> well, yeah, what it, the, the medicine. And they would take that for several days, and then it would clear up. Now, this is, you know, like I said, the fourth and fifth time. And I knew, I knew, you know, we're we're looking at a couple days here of a child in pain, and a child that's not comfortable, and it won't sleep at night. And this was 10 o'clock at night that this happened. And my husband wasn't there. He was in the restaurant business. He wouldn't come home for another four hours yet. I, I sat there, and I thought, you know, I'm gonna make her as comfortable as possible. It wasn't gonna do me any good to call at 10 o'clock at night. Now, this is back in the 80s. It wasn't gonna do any good to call at 10 o'clock at night. Nobody was gonna answer the phone. So I decided I was gonna make her as comfortable as possible. I put her in a room, and I said, you know, mommy's gonna go out in the kitchen and pray. And she laid on her bed, two or three, uncomfortable, in pain, crying. I went out into the kitchen that the kitchen at that time was uh, an oblong. It was, a, it was a rectangle. And it was nice enough where I could walk back and forth between the table and the stove. And I did that, praying. Now, I prayed with everything that I thought I heard, knew, was taught, even from the charismatic movement, even from the Methodist church, until then. And I had been in Water of Life, I had been in Water of Life Christian Training School, so I knew the right words. So I started walking around, and I was saying all those words that people that, you know, have been Christians pray, that by the stripes she's been healed. And I bind the devil over. And and everything that I knew to pray, I prayed. And you know what? She kept crying. I'm a mother. We don't like to hear our children cry when they're uncomfortable and in pain. And I kept going around. And this went on for about 15 minutes. Everything that I could think of to pray. And then I finally, out of frustration, and a child crying, I remember standing in front of my stove, and it had a hood on it. And I remember looking up, and I'd come to the end of my praying. I'd come to the end of my heart. And I looked up, and half Upset. Out of my frustration, I said, What do I have to do to get you to come down here and heal her? We had just gotten as honest as we could be. The real heart of Kathy came out in those words. What do I have to do to get you to come down here and heal her? The next thing that happened to me had never happened before. Out of my mouth came words that I didn't say. God, the Spirit of God, took over my mouth. I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Took over my mouth and said, Kathy. First of all, he knew my name. So he was hearing me. He heard me. He said, Kathy. Kathy. The sacrifice has already been made. Whoa. Whoa. One that God would actually use my mouth to talk to me. Kathy, the sacrifice has already been made. Let's take a look at that. I want you to go with me to Isaiah 53. I tell you what, let's start in Psalm 105. I want to read a verse here because I want you to see that it is God's desire that you not be sick. It is God's desire that you are well. Psalm 105 has an interesting verse in it. Verse, uh, let's begin in verse, uh, let's see, let's begin in verse 35. You see, God is talking about the Israeli people, Israel, the Hebrews, when he brought them out of Egypt. And he said, verse 34, he spoke and a locust came and the caterpillar, not without number. This was all the miracles that God was doing in Egypt to get his people out. Miracles to get them out. Why? Because he promised to Abraham he would get them out. In verse 35, and he did up all the herbs of the land and devoured the fruit of their ground. Verse 36, he smote all the firstborn in their land, the chief of all their strength. And look at verse 37. And he brought them forth also, the Hebrews, brought them forth with silver and gold, so they didn't come out poor. They came out rich. And there was not one feeble person among their tribes. God brought them out of Egypt. There wasn't one feeble person Among them, they all walked out. All walked out. Nobody was sick. Why? The Spirit of God was in them. Do you know that there is a place walking with God that sickness can't touch you? Sickness can't touch you. That's a a goal, folks. That's a goal. Now, turn with me to Isaiah 53. How are we going to get there? But the Lord said to me, Kathy, the sacrifice has already been made. Isaiah 53, I'm going to begin in verse 4. This is Jesus on the cross. This is how. This is how he bought your healing. And if you have ears to hear, like I prayed in the beginning, the Father, open our ears that we can hear your healing. What you need to have done to get well has already been done. Right? Verse 4, surely, surely. This is Isaiah speaking 700 years before Jesus came. 700 years before Jesus walked on this earth, Isaiah knew Isaiah knew what was coming. Surely he has borne our griefs. That word is sickness. Surely. Surely. You not only have the word of God in front of you, you got the word of God saying, Surely. You got enough guts to believe it? Do you have enough fortitude to believe it, to trust it, to commit to it? Surely. He has borne our sickness, and carried our sorrows. That word is pain. Pain. He carried our pain. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And this next verse, and with his stripes, we are With his stripes, we are healed. Go with me to Matthew 27. What are we talking about with these stripes? And I want to clear up something I've heard often in uh, in the Christian world, the people that describe Jesus' stripes. And some of us have missed it, but the word will straighten it out. You know what? The Word of God is your answer. The Word of God is the truth. The Word of God, if you will open your ears, if you will let God show you, He will show you the truth. Now, I've heard many say that Jesus took 40 lashes. No, He didn't. No, He didn't. Those 40 lashes minus one was a Hebrew punishment. It was a punishment of the Jews. Jesus didn't get His punishment from the Jews. His punishment came through the Gentiles. Came through the Romans. The Romans didn't lash you 40 stripes minus one. They scourged you as much as they wanted. There was no limit to scourging. And a scourging is much different than a lash. If we will go to Matthew 27 verse 26. And this is Pilate. Then Pilate released Heberabbas unto them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Pilate scourged Jesus. The Hebrews and the, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, they didn't scourge Jesus. Pilate did. The Romans did. That scourge was a short metal or wood stick with a bunch of... Um, Strings made of leather. But in those leather strings were pieces of cut glass, pieces of broken shells, pieces of broken metal. It was not a whip. It was a scourge. And those pieces of broken glass and metal and and rocks meant to cut the flesh. And Jesus was scourged. I remember when I was studying this, praying about it, and God was opening it up to me. I saw a picture that somebody had put up in social media. And I was amazed at the time of it. And it, it was God that did it. He, it was a picture of a man that had been tortured. And his back had been cut To pieces. And when I saw it, it made me sick. I thought, what is this doing on social media? It was taken off right after that. You know what God was showing me? What the scourging did. There is an account 300 years, I think, after Jesus died. And somebody was describing the scourging that the Christians were taking or getting from the Romans. Still, 300 years later. And it talked about how you could see the organs in the body from looking at their back because the scourging was so deep. That's what Jesus took. That's what Jesus took. That's the punishment Jesus took. Now, go with me back to Isaiah 50. I want to show you the love of God. I want to show you the love of God. Remember, we have taught and we read it in Acts that everything that happened to Jesus was a predetermined plan of the Father and his foreknowledge. The Father knew everything that was going to happen to Jesus. He's the one that set it up. He's the one that orchestrated it from his throne. And Jesus followed the Spirit And he went through everything the Father had him planned to do. Now in Isaiah 50, I'm going to begin in verse 5. And I want you to read these words as written from your heavenly Father. Not just Jehovah. Your heavenly Father. Verse 5, And the Lord God had opened my ear. This is Jesus speaking through the prophet Isaiah. And I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. I gave my back to the smiters. I gave my back to the smiters. That's what Jesus did before the Romans. He gave it to them. He didn't try to run away. He didn't fight them. He gave his back. To the smiters. Why? By his stripes we are healed. By his stripes we are healed. It says, I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore I have set my face like flint And I know I shall not be ashamed. Isn't that beautiful? You want to know what Jesus thought on the cross and when he was before Pilate? Here's his thoughts right here, coming out of a man 700 years before it even happened. We know by Matthew and Mark, we know that Jesus is, they were were beating him on the cheeks. We know they were pulling off his hair, plucking his hair off his face his head you know what thank God it was written all beforehand why the foreknowledge of God the predestined plan of the father knew it Jesus knew it was coming he knew it was coming why the man could read if nothing else he could read it says I gave my back to the smiters why would Jesus do that for you for you He knew, written in Isaiah, it says, by his stripes we are healed. He knew it. He knew what it was going to take to get you and I healed. It was going to take this. And he took it. Back to Isaiah 53. Surely he has borne our sicknesses. Surely he has borne our sicknesses. And, was it, and carried our pains. Carried our pains. Every sickness in the world. And I want to say this right here. God does not make you sick. God does not make you sick. Sickness wasn't with Adam. Adam was never sick. God never intended the human to be sick. But he did know what the human was going to do. And Adam sinned. And when sin came in, sickness came in with it. What's it say? The wages of sin is death. And you know sickness is not life. Sickness is not life. When you're sick, you don't feel alive. Sickness is not life. It moves you closer to death. And it came in through sin. Now there, what do we feel guilty when we have sickness? Well, it got in there somehow. But you know what? We don't have to be condemned. We find out what caused it and we get rid of it. A lot of times it's curses. And you know what? That's why Jesus went to the cross. Do you know Jesus wasn't a bit surprised that we weren't perfect? Do you know that there's no good person on this earth? Jesus said there are none good. Oh, if you're looking at your neighbor who's sick with condemnation, ooh, honey, you better start stocking that medicine cabinet. We don't condemn. We pray. We pray get each other out of our afflictions. We pray. We believe. Now, for surely he has borne our sickness and carried our pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten, and God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed every stripe he took every scourge he took was for you and I why? so we wouldn't have to be sick so that we wouldn't have to be sick now I want you to go over to verse 10 an amazing verse yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him he has put him to grief Look at those first couple words. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. That word is crush. It pleased the Lord to crush Jesus. Have you thought about that? It pleased God. And that next part is he has put him to grief. If you translate that out, that means he made Jesus sick. It made God happy to make Jesus sick. It made God happy. It pleased the Father to make, to make Jesus sick. Those are the words of God. Why? So he could get you and I well. So he could get you and I well. So he could get you and I well. It pleased the Father that all of our sin went on Jesus' body. It pleased him. He's the one that put him there. He's the one that put him there. You don't believe me? I'll read it to you. It says, verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. You see that? All. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord, that's Jehovah, has laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. You see who put the sin on Jesus? The Father did. He put it on Jesus through that eternal spirit. That's Hebrews 9. Put our sin on Jesus and not only put our sin, put our sickness on him too. Jesus died with cancer. Jesus died with melanoma. Jesus died with a stroke. Jesus died with diabetes. Jesus died with heart disease. Jesus died with eczema. Every disease your mouth can come up with, Jesus died with. Why? The Father put it on him and it pleased him to do so so that you and I would not have to be sick. Would not have to be sick. Do these words come easy? No. That takes prayer. It takes faith to believe them. That every disease that could possibly be in your body was put on Jesus. And he died with them. He died with them. Jesus died with every sin. He died with every sickness. He died with every curse. That's why he looked so bad. That's why he said marred more than any man. That's why he looked so bad. You know what? Thank you, Jesus. When you look at what he looked like on the cross... It is the most beautiful sight you will ever see. Hideous, torturous, but for me, for you. There's where our healing was paid for. There's where our prosperity was paid for. There's where our justification was paid for. There's where our eternity was paid for on that body. Thank you, Jesus. And when the Father raised Jesus out from hell, and yes, Jesus went to hell, when the Father came and got him out of hell, he forgave every sin. He says it right here in verse 11. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. When the Father reached being satisfied with the with the travail of Jesus, He raised Him from the dead, and the only way the Father could get Him out of hell was every sin had to be forgiven, because Jesus had Him. Every sin was forgiven, every sickness was healed, all poverty was finished. When Jesus came out of that grave, He came out with no sickness. He came out with no sin. He came out with no poverty, no curses. The only thing he came out of that grave with was the marks in his hands, his side and his feet, and that's just so you and I who know who he was. Glory be to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, How it must have been to walk out of there. Can you imagine? Now, go with me to 1 Peter 2, 24. This is Peter speaking, Jesus' right-hand man. And like I said the other day, and God opened my eyes, I think this is beautiful. Peter, they called in Acts an unlearned and ignorant man. Uneducated unsophisticated. And when you read the words of Peter, you realize what God did with that man. Because the words of Peter, they are brilliant, brilliant words. Why? Because it's the Spirit of God speaking through him. That's how the man got so brilliant. He had Jesus in him. You don't want to be brilliant any other way. Oh, it's so fun to hear the Word of God come out of your mouth and things change. Peter, 1 Peter 2, verse 24. Who is own self, talking about Jesus, bear our sins in his own body on the tree. You got that? How many of you believe that Jesus bore your sins on that tree? How many of you really believe that? Yes, yes. Jesus bore my sins on that tree. Then you have to believe the second part of the verse. You cannot take half the word of God and leave the other half unbelieved. The second half of that verse should... uh, should live, uh, we, we being dead to sin should live under righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. You were healed. You have to believe both parts of that verse. You cannot tell Peter that he was speaking the truth in the first half and not speaking the truth in the second half. We would not be so foolish. We have to believe it. You were healed. uh, Isaiah talks about it in the present tense. Why? Because in his heart, in his soul, he's looking right at that cross. By his stripes you are healed. Peter's looking back at something that already happened. He watched it. Peter watched it with his own eyes. Peter saw it. Peter saw it. He saw the body marred more than any man. He saw it. He saw them. He saw him in the grave. And then he saw him out of the grave. He said, by whose stripes you were healed. You were healed. Jesus bought your healing on the cross he paid everything that had to do with your sickness if your sickness came because of sin he took your sin if your sickness came through curses he took the curses do you see that everything that could cause your sickness was paid for on the cross that's why we don't have to spend all our time wondering where it came from Whatever it was, it was paid for. It was paid for dearly. Dearly. Now, go with me, and I'll show you how to make it work in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. It doesn't come overnight. And you're not going to heal cancer with your first time trying. You're going to start at the bottom, just like it's faith to faith, grace to grace. You start with the little things, and then you move up. I remember the time that I overcame a headache. God, Lord, was I excited. Wow, I finally did it. I got a headache gone. Didn't want to say it too loud, though, because I didn't want to, <laughs> I wasn't sure. I remember the first time. I remember the first time. I, I was still in Richardson. We hadn't even moved to Frisco yet. And I was listening to Dole preach this gospel. And it was beginning to make sense down here in my heart. It took a while. And I remember I was sitting, I got sick, I got nausea, I got the, 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 the stomach flu, is, you know, all those symptoms. And I'm sitting in a rocking chair, and I'm thinking, okay. You know, because cause that stuff you can't do a whole lot with except ride it out. And I'm sitting in that rocking chair, and I'm thinking, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this a try. Because I'm miserable. You know, can't keep food down. You know, the whole bit. So I'm in this rocking chair and I start thanking God that by the stripes of Jesus I was healed. And that, you know, and, and so I don't even remember what I prayed. But I remember in five minutes I looked up and I was perfectly healed. Nobody was more shocked than I was. I mean, I was shocked. Oh, my God. I'm healed. I wish it would be that easy all the time. And it's not. You talk about God's grace. You know what? He gives you a little taste. And you want more. You want more. That's the goodness of God. Now, this verse. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 13. For this cause also we thank God without ceasing. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men. What I've read to you in Isaiah 53 is not the words of a man. It's the word of the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ talking through a man. It says you received us, you received not the word as men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. The word of God. Okay, and now we know it's the word of God. Look at what you got to do, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Those words won't come to pass until you believe them, until you trust them, until you commit to them. Trusting, believing, faith. Faith is a trust. To trust those words. That they are the word of God. It's a trust. It's a commitment to. And yes there will be times. That you will have to go to the doctor. Because your faith isn't there yet. So you go to the doctor. Believing the gospel. Believing that God is with you. Believing that there will be a day. where you won't have to go to the doctor anymore. But you go believing the gospel. And you go expecting, using your faith that you're going to come out of there better than you went in. Amen? Because frankly, there aren't a whole lot of doctors out there. You get. <laughs> you know, I, I love how Doyle said, if you need a doctor, get five of them. And none of them will agree. You go believe in the gospel. You go believe and you'll get the right answer. God is with you. There is a good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And he is with you when you go to the doctor's office because your faith isn't there yet. So you go to the doctor's office believing that someday there'll be a day that you keep striving, you keep pressing, you keep working with your faith until there's a day you don't have to go. Now, you thought that I forgot about the Kristen. No, I didn't. I stood at that, at that stove and I said... What do I got to do to get you to come down here and heal her? And he answered me out of my own mouth, Kathy, the sacrifice has already been made. I read that in Isaiah 53. I tell you what, I went almost into shock. It was like the whole world just disappeared for a minute. And I was considering the words that he spoke to me. The sacrifice has already been made. That was the first time that I understood that Jesus had taken the ear infection when he went on the cross. That is the first time I really understood that Jesus took her ear infection for her. That it was already paid for. That it had already been accepted. That sacrifice that Jesus made has already been accepted by the Father. Oh, I can't tell you how long I stood there because it was getting into my heart. I was seeing something I'd never seen. And when I finally came to myself, when things finally, when it's like when I finally came back to reality, knowing that her sickness was paid for on the cross. That when Jesus was raised from the dead, that the father had accepted the sacrifice that Jesus had made for her. And I was standing there and, and considering where I was. You know, I'm back in the kitchen. I realized that Kristen wasn't crying. She wasn't crying. She had fallen asleep. I went in to check on her. Sleeping away like a baby. The next morning she woke up. No ear infection none and you know how faith we women are kristen did your ear hurt no mommy it's all gone it's all gone now i want to tell you the wonderful thing is she never got another one she never got another ear infection but not only that i had three boys after her and none of them ever got an ear infection Not one. Why? Jesus paid the curse for the ear infection. And in his grace and mercy to show me the power of the gospel, he took away the curse. He took away the curse. You know, infections in Deuteronomy are curses. And God wants me to pray for infections today. If you are dealing with an infection, the same grace, the same love of God that He showed me that day, He's going to show to you. If you will believe with me, we're going to come after these infections. Father, I thank you. I thank you, you put infection on the body of Jesus. Father, I thank you that you put all infections. On the body of Jesus. I give thanks Father. That you put all infection on the body of Jesus. That he bore them all. And you saw. You saw those infections on that body. And when you raised him from the dead. You, you destroyed infection. You destroyed them on the body of Jesus. On the body of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I break every infection. I break its power. I break the power of every infection in the name of Jesus and speak to them. They will dry up in Jesus' name. Father, I break the power. Of infection. In anyone's body. I break the power of it. It has no power. Jesus bore them. And by his. What does it say? We are redeemed from the curse. Jesus being a curse for us. Father I break the power. Of infection. In Jesus name. I break the power. Of infection. In the name of Jesus I break these infections now in the name of Jesus. I break their power now in the name of Jesus. I cause you to dry up. I command you to dry up. I command these infections to dry up in Jesus' name. I command these infections to dry up in Jesus' name. Name I command these infections to dry up in Jesus' name. I command these infections to dry up in Jesus' name. Amen. For the glory of the Father. For the glory of the Father. For the glory of the Father. He's the one that did it. Amen. Amen. Send me your testimony. God's done for you. Something for you, alright? See you next week. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwl.com. or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327-Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.